content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. listeners to WTF You're Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. And I need a haircut. <laughs> no, like seriously, like look at how long my hair that, is though. That is that is a bit long. So I'm, I'm Decker though. I got a haircut last week yeah. and I went in and I was like, so I haven't had a haircut in a very long time. Cut out the debt, cut off the dead thing. <laughs> I thought was like, cut out the debt. I was like, cut out the debt. It's the yes. big champ. I was like, the, the ends are super, super split. Like my split ends have split ends on split ends. Yeah. And so as I kept just like trim it so that it'll be healthy and we had to cut off three inches. Yeah. I had to call my sister and uh, uh, because I had to cancel my hair appointment because of the rehearsals I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I was like, hey, can you cut my hair at the, at the house? And I realized it's supposed to be what date. And she's like, I absolutely cannot do it today. I'm like, oh, sorry. I didn't mean today. I was just asking if that would be okay with you because I'm too busy till next like, year. Yes, I have <laughs> next year. No, no. <laughs> no see, see, that's the thing. Like, for this time of year, it totally makes sense to say next year. <laughs> but just like, 65 days. out of, like, context, it's, yeah, I can't get a haircut until next year. <laughs> sorry? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's Decker and he needs a haircut. Yes. And we're here to ask each other what the fuck we're talking about. Boom. How this goes is we have six cardio cart what? Damn it! I was like so excited. You were doing so well. I heard six accordions. Cardios. Accordions. We've got six accordions. We have six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die. <laughs> the categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. We use an eight-sided die. So if you roll a one, you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories, except local. Mm-hmm. So Idaho, any state bordering Idaho. And if you roll an eight, it's a wild. Ooh. And then it's whatever. It's whatever you want. We made it through. I feel like there's some like there's some things I want to talk about where it's like, I feel like the only way I can ever talk about it is through a wild. Because like it doesn't Yeah, because you're like, I don't know where this goes. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes you can just do what I do, and you're like, this is close enough. Yeah, I'll just... It's fine. Find a way. I'll just pretend. I'll be history at some point. <laughs> Life uh, <laughs> finds a way. So anyway, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm so glad you asked. Um, so I rolled uh, history and education last time. So yes, uh, you the only did. reason I remember that is because last time I had uh, true crime... You kept trying to say it then, was true crime. <laughs> well, I, last time I got true crime, and then I got history education, and then I got true crime after. Again, so I remember yeah. uh, history education was sandwiched between true crime. So... Um, but I, whenever I get stuck, I tend to try and look at, like, today in history to find out what kind of happened, um, because I'm not very good with history. (laughs) So, uh, I was looking around a couple days surrounding when we're recording today, and I found a very interesting article, and so, um, before... I dive into my bit. Tell me, what do you know about heart transplants? Very little. Okay. We talked about it a little bit when I took anatomy, like mm-hmm. seven, oh God. Yeah, maybe like seven or eight years ago. But it was very, very surface level. Like, this, these are the things that they would be cutting. Okay. And these are the things they would be leaving. Did you ever hear about... Um, crazy experimental heart transplant surgeries. Anything off the top of your head that rings a bell? I'm just curious to see if you know what I might be talking about. No. Okay. Um, well, have you ever heard of, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, have you ever heard of a xenotransplant procedure? No, I have not. That is a transplant where you get a uh, some sort of organ from another species. Oh. Okay, I guess that, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually going to be talking about one of the, um, what's classified as the, like, first real successful heart transplant uh, for an infant. And the reason why I, t- I, I bring that up is 
in between like the 1960s to the 1980s, you couldn't really do a heart transplant for infants because... Uh, I mean, where are you going to get one? Where, exactly. Where are you going to get one? Unless it's from like, you know, another infant who sadly passed. Mm-hmm. Right. And then in, in that case, like, I don't know how viable organs are in terms of like for hearts specifically. I'm not sure what the age. Yeah. For hearts, but I don't think it's a long time from what I know. Because I'm sure they get freezer burn at some point. <laughs> <laughs> You're as cold. It's because I literally man, that's some bad heartburn. <laughs> but um, yeah, different kind of heartburn. But um, I'm gonna talk about the first one where a infant got a heart from a baboon. A baboon. Yeah. For some a... reason, I was expecting you to say pig, but I don't know why. You know what? I'm actually not surprised you say pig because I have heard of. Uh, I mean, pigs for most like anatomy things. We're pretty similar. Enough. Yeah. Pretty similar in terms of like. Uh, like not the actual organs themselves, but I think it's... I don't know what it is. Like, I know, like, pig skin is similar to our skin. Uh, yeah. Tattoo artists used to practice on pig skin. Yeah. Um, when I was in anatomy, in lab, we were supposed to dissect kidneys. And we went in for the lab, and the uh, TA went, like was holding this jar, which we thought were kidneys... Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like waiting for her to like pass them out or explain how we were going to get these kidneys to dissect them. And she goes, So we were going to dissect kidneys today. And I opened the jar and discovered these were actually fetal pigs. So we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> Man, what? <laughs> That's uh, quite a conundrum you got there. Right? Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be talking about the story of. Uh, Baby Faye, as they were known. So, the story of Baby Faye goes as follows. Uh, 35 years ago, on October 26, 1984, there was a heart transplant that was done by Dr. Leonard Bailey at Loma Linda University Medical Center in Loma Linda, California. Okay. Now, uh, this is just like the brief synopsis. She, She lived for 21 days after the transplant, which was longer than any previous transplantee. So the sad thing is, in the story, she doesn't make it. Oh. But the reason that she doesn't make it, or what the doctors guess, is because of... Oh, jeez. It was called... It was a rejection. It was Mm -hmm. similar to, like, graft versus host. Because the problem was... Oh, that's what it was. The baboon's heart was AB. And she was... Oh, but it was the closest thing. It was like the, it was the best, the best viable heart find. at the time because they had seven baby baboons mm-hmm. to, that they could get these hearts from, and they're like, we we have to give this a shot because the baby, regardless, was going to die. Mm-hmm. She was not going to make it because she had um, hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which basically you don't you don't have a fully um, functional uh, left ventricle. That would be a problem. Which is important. It's like the most important part, really, of the heart because it does the biggest pump of blood. <laughs> is that the powerhouse of the cell? Yeah, it is the mitochondria <laughs> of your heart. <laughs> but, um, so, because uh, Stephanie, her name is uh, Stephanie Faye Beauclair. Um, she was born three weeks pre- premature with that defect, and it's a fatal defect of an underdeveloped heart. And, um, now, three other humans had received animal heart transplants in the last, uh, the last of which was in 1977, but none had survived longer than three and a half days. So this oh, is man. insane because, uh, the, like, three and a half days compared to 21 days. Yeah, that's that's seven times longer, you know, roughly. And honestly, she was doing fine until like the very end. So uh, because basically, was what they think what happened was there was still some, like, immune cells inside mm-hmm. of the heart. And so when they transplanted the heart, it was two immune systems fighting against each other. And the only way to fight that is by doing autoimmune suppression drugs. And because of how small she was, she had a kidney failure. Mm. And that, that's how, and then it led to her having a heart attack because they couldn't do any more drugs. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, now, the... Uh, now, Bailey argued that an infant with an underdeveloped immune system would be less likely to reject alien tissue than an adult. And I can kind of see where the logic would be in that. 
I mean, part of it, part of me is like, no, that doesn't make any sense because you're going to get your immune system from your mom, mm-hmm. right? That's literally you get everything. And if you recall the the discussion when I did speed dating, right, there was that specific group of genes that help dictate how your immune system functions, right? Or like what you get. Because I guess um, when you're, I think, sorry, I'm having a little jumbled here. When we talked about the speed dating episode, I don't know what episode that was, but when we talked about it, one of the studies found that supposedly uh, opposite sexes would be attracted to each other if they had um, basically con- conflicting uh, immune systems. Because the idea was like, uh, well, if you have a different immune system than mine, hopefully you can have like a healthier offspring. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but if you were on birth control, it was the opposite. You were actually attracted to the person who had the same immune system as you. Now, of That's course, so I don't know how deep the study goes, so I don't know if it's, like, really viable or if it was, like, a, oh, wow, this is really more, like, coincidental than, yeah, you know, or correlation. Correlation, uh, causation. Right. But, um, so I can see where that mindset comes from in terms of, well, they haven't grown up yet, they haven't been exposed to diseases, so in a sense, their immune system is basically fresh. It's like, I don't know what's good or bad yet. Yeah. So I can get that. Um, but... Uh, this trans- transplant surgery had come a long way since the first human uh, to human heart transplant was performed in 1967. So if you think Is about it, really this, only that recent? Yeah, in 1967. So it had been less than 20 years since they attempted to do a xeno. Um, what did I say? I said xeno transplant. Yes. Yeah. Xeno transplant because that's basically what happened. And um, now, Dr. Bailey graduated uh, at Columbia Union College, and he earned his medical degree from Loma Linda University. He ended up moving away uh, to go. Uh, he had a residency at Toronto's Hospital for Six Children. And he actually, I, I'm actually really impressed by this doctor because his whole medical career was all about children's. Mm-hmm. You know, and like trying to help make sure they're healthy. Like, I, I could see him being someone that worked at like St. Jude's, mm-hmm. in a sense. So... Uh, he performed more than 200 experimental heart transplants on young mammals so he could see if there was a possibility of transplantation in young mammals. Wow. Yeah. Now, given that shortage, um, uh, Bailey, uh, the, he, since he's a pediatric, pediatric car, cardiologist, there you go, um, he spent seven years researching xenografts or transplant of other species during that time. So, you know how it says, like, he did 200 experiments? He did that over seven years between sheep, goats, and baboons. And the first simian human transplant had been performed in 1964, but the patient died a few hours after their surgery. I don't know what that transplant was. It's just kind of like a little tidbit. Kind of this is a transplant of something. Yeah. Um, but he, he, Bailey had received permission to perform this transplant on Baby Faye. And the reason why they called this baby Baby Faye was this transplant was... Highly experimental. They did not want to subjugate their the, her parents mm-hmm. to the scrutiny of the media. Yeah, and regardless of that, the media said some really shitty things about the parents. So, um, which was dis- it's disappointing because this opened up a whole thing of like ethics. And it's like, well, this mom like was into drugs because she was. Um, she is illiterate, and she, you know has, like, a, a criminal history and all that stuff. Basically trying to say, like, only, like, someone not right in their mind would subjugate their child to this. Because mm-hmm. um, for people trying to push an agenda of, like, not wanting to hurt animals, because how this transplant worked according to what I saw in the video documentary, which was about an hour long, this mm-hmm. documentary, they had to actually put a baby baboon down in order to yeah. harvest the heart, right? So they had to kill a baboon. Well, I mean, the baboon can't use it once it's been removed, so that would be... Right. I mean, it's going to have a hard time doing it. <laughs> yes. Um, so, and there's a lot of scrutiny because a lot of activists for animals and stuff are like, this isn't right. You just you just took a life to save a life, and it doesn't like, go against your, you know, like, do no harm, right? Mm-hmm. The Hippocratic Oath. So, uh, but he got, this, uh, he got the permission, and the... Uh, so, baby Faye was 12 uh, days old when she actually underwent the transplant. So, she lived for just, I think, just over a month total. Um, but they did the surgery, and it went super smoothly. And they began the transplant um, 
And I guess everyone in the room, and I talk about this in, in like all the articles I read, supposedly they all started crying because of how successful it was. Because it's not like they're like, we just did an experimental surgery and we just saved this child mm-hmm. with something that we didn't know was going to work. And it's working like way better than we could have ever anticipated. Um, now, I saw some articles saying that the goal was not to have this be the main thing. They were hoping to get a transplant that could be replaced by an allograft transplant. And when I looked up the definition for allograft, I believe it said that it's a transplant of someone with non-similar genes, but of the same species. Mm-hmm. Right? So it'd be like if we weren't compatible donors and stuff, but I still gave you something, right? Yeah. And so that was their hope was that this would buy them time to actually get her something that would be good long term because, you know, baboon heart. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how it's going to grow. In the... But here's what's really interesting is um, I actually want to show you a picture. And they're very similar, like stupid similar right here. If you look, so this was, this is a um, nor, uh, normal heart. Mm-hmm. That was her heart, right? So you can see how, like, the V, uh, yeah. uh, that ventricle Not was, looking good. Right? And then here's a baboon heart. They are, the only thing that's different is, like, the three at the top. Right? Oh, yeah, those right? are and, like, so similar. And, like, some of the, uh, like, little folds there uh-huh. are a little bit different. But they're virtually the same. Yeah. Which was crazy when I saw it. I was like, wow, I... <laughs> Okay, why? And when asked, here's a funny thing. So, um, when asked if or why he didn't choose a primate that was more similarly close to humans, right, like a chimpanzee or something like that, his response was, and this made me laugh so fucking hard. Um, his response was, uh, "I don't believe in evolution." <laughs> um. So. I thought that was hilarious, seeing, like, it's just like, you know, since he's, like, a scientist for people, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But regardless, though, I think that logic will, I believe, flawed, you know, my belief. Uh-huh. You know, which science states kind of is true. The way he went about it, I think, was really smart, because he found a heart that closely resembled that of a human. Mm-hmm. Right? So even if he didn't believe in that, he found, like, I don't know of anything that would have been better. You know, in terms of, like, the exact anatomy almost being ex- the same. I that wonder, is crazy. I wonder if a chimpanzee's heart is more or less similar to a human's than a bamboo. A bamboo. Bamboo. Than a, a, than bamboo a baboon's shoot heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like freaking Zelda. You're just cutting down bamboo shoots and you get, like, the little heart that floats down. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but, um, do So, yeah, it was widely debated... As to, like, whether it was, like, wrong or ethical. And what uh, some articles stated that Bailey originally alleged that he had obtained consent from both parents. The mother actually separated from the father two weeks prior to Faye's birth. Mm-hmm. And from uh, one of the articles I was looking at said that the father actually didn't, you know, was never asked to consent. Mm-hmm. So basically only the mom consented. But... In my eyes, right, this is my opinion, if the father bails, he has nothing to do with, like, the story whatsoever, mm-hmm. and he wasn't asked, I don't think he necessarily needed permission to ask. Plus, it's also, like, this child's gonna die regardless. So, yeah. if you give us a shot, we might be able to save your Maybe child. Otherwise, no matter it. what, your child's dead. Uh, and Faye's name was not released to the public until the mother chose to reveal her, uh, herself in 1997. So... It about thirteen years later is when she decided to make it known that it was her daughter that had this transplant performed. Mm-hmm. Now the doctor, uh, Doctor Bailey, died on May twelfth of this year, oh, uh, wow. two thousand nine or nineteen. Huh? Go back a decade. Two thousand nineteen. <laughs> um, I guess he had a battle with neck and throat cancer. Mm. So I don't know what his sister was if he smoked or anything like that. But um, to talk about the mom though, she had um, before she had. Her daughter, she had moved to a new area in California. I think at one point she was in a place called Hinkley, California, with no C. And I'm definitely going to talk about it at some point. <laughs> but, uh, let's see. Um, 
yeah, so the process went very smoothly for the heart, but like I said, the media really went after her, and they said that she was illiterate, she was a troublemaker, she was ignorant, drug addicted, etc. Ethicists and critics, um, critics blasted the medical team, saying they had broken their oath to do like no harm, and that they were um, doing like illegal animal testing. And some of the videos were like outright egregious and stuff, and they even said like it was like immoral and like that, you know, this is what what is it like? You're playing God. Oh, I was gonna say, oh yeah, like God will be angry. Literally, doctors play God all the time. Yeah, that's, and that's kind of what we pay them for. Yeah, I pay you to be the God of my life, and so it's like, don't let me die, please. Uh-huh. Whereas um, before, it's like, well, if you have a cold, you should probably die from this. It is the will of the gods. <laughs> it is the will of the gods. Did you not pay your penance? Um, but she also got a lot of support, and in the video that I saw, she had, like, a stack of maybe about, like, two feet tall of just um, letters that she got from kids and from adults, also probably, like, saying, like, I hope your daughter gets to live and can, like, see the outside world. Like, this is so amazing, the fact that medical technology has gotten this far to where, like, we might be able to live through, like, other species as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's really fucking impressive to have happened in 19... What did I say? 1984? Yeah. Yeah. 1984 is insane. Because that was, yeah, when I say 35 years ago, I can't believe we had that technology. I really didn't think we had that technology until, like, maybe the 90s. I wasn't expecting that to be, like, in the 80s. Yeah, and I feel like you don't really hear a whole lot about, um, I guess, xenotransplants going yeah. on now. Yeah. So, um, after her, her, um, her child died. She had thought about dying herself, but she decided to keep living for her son that she had had previously. I mean, because losing a child, I can't even imagine what it mm-hmm. feels like. And losing a child after thinking everything's going so well, everything looks fine, all of a sudden, then her body rejects it. Yeah, and, where it looked like there was a shot. Yeah. You know, that's really rough. But um, she was buried in California, but then she was moved to Kansas 24 years later. And I guess her mom currently works in a, for an assistant living facility, and she's working on getting her degree in nursing. Oh. Which I was like, that's really cool that this inspired her to help people as well, because I don't know what she was doing previously, um, other than that she was into drugs, but... Um, I am a little bit confused as to how people are like, well, she's into drugs, she must be illiterate. It's because it's attacking character, right? It's like think about like court cases and stuff. What's like? Well, this person does a bad thing in my eyes, so they must not be a good. So they person. must not know how to read. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but here's some fun facts in popular culture about this subject. Uh, Paul Simon's song "The Boy in the Bubble" has references to this, where it says, um, "There's a a spot in the song where it says, thinking of the boy in the bubble and the baby with the baboon heart." Oh. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of cool, because that was done in 1986. Um, in 1993, an episode of I Love Lisa of The Simpsons, uh, the school cafeteria serves beat, uh, beef hearts in honor of Valentine's Day, and Bart Simpson puts one under his shirt, and he's like, my baboon heart, body, rejecting it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Before dramatically inverting it under the table. So I'm like, yeah, well, that's a little. That, that feels on brand for the sentence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 2010, I guess there was the silent partners of um, the Venture Bros series was an episode where uh, Billy Quizboy refers to Monstroso as Baby Faye before performing experimental heart surgery on him, transplanting his heart, uh, failing heart with the uh, heart of a recently deceased villain, King Gorilla. <laughs> oh. So that's a... Actually, quite clever because I yeah. I'd never even heard of the story. So Me I was either. like, wow, that was actually in a TV show. And then I guess Stranger Thing also, um, there's a, uh, the Halloween edition of the Hawkins Post has a paragraph entitled Baby Faye's Baboon Heart. Oh, that, that would make sense given the time period. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was talking about was, uh, a transplant. And the reason why I said that it's inspired me for maybe like other roles, um, is there was some talk about other kind of procedures that happened with like other species and like humans and stuff. I was like, oh, that's Yeah, I was like, how... Yeah, I wonder what other things have been transplanted from animals to humans. You will humans. have to wait until I roll another <laughs> science and technology bit, because I found a really fucking crazy one. How but yeah. That is really nuts. So, sad, but quite crazy. Science! 
for science. So, Katie? It still kind of boggles my mind a little bit. I don't believe in evolution. Right? I know, like, when I saw that, I was like, you're a fucking doctor. <laughs> like, but you, you see it. Yeah, but you know what? I can get it, because, you know, just because they're a doctor doesn't mean they believe everything that's in science, right? Uh... You know what I mean? Like, you can have medical doctors, and, like, there are some doctors that, like, are, like, do, like, half, like, naturopathic stuff with half, like, uh, you know, med- like, science stuff. Science stuff. Um, you have, uh, I mean, think about this way. There, there are doctors in the South that are probably super conservative and don't believe in evolution. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, just because you have a good understanding of the human body and how it's adapted through thousands and thousands of years of living doesn't mean you believe that it actually adapts through thousands and thousands of years of living. Hell, just, fuck. Maybe I, you don't believe in vaccines, even. Uh, <laughs> Vaccinate your kids. Uh, but, yeah, so Katie, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I got local paranormal. You did. And I, I remember the look on your face. Um... So, yeah, so what the fuck did you find? Well, I'm going to talk about some casinos in Vegas, because Nevada borders Idaho. It does. (laughs) It does. You were looking at me like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) No, sorry, I was, like, lost in thought as to, like, how the world casinos can have anything to do with paranormal. So I'm really intrigued. Especially in Vegas, a lot of the, the casinos had mob ties and, like, organized crime. So there's, there was a lot of death in Vegas, because there was a lot of mob. I thought you were going to say that they were all built on, like, ancient burial grounds. Oh, God. You know what? Basically, the whole country is, so. Yeah, wait, is the whole United States haunted? Yes. <laughs> like, Have you seen how things are going? Yes. Oops. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Circus Circus. Um, oh, which... I've been at Circus Circus. I actually stayed there when I took my brother to... Um... To Six Flags. Mm-hmm. We drove through there and we stayed there. How long ago was that? Uh, that was when I still did security. We had known each other. Um, so that was like 2016? <laughs> Dang, you know what? I said 2009 <laughs> earlier. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I was not done saying my whole word. Thank you. 16. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was because it was just before I went to my current job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Circus Circus when we were in Vegas the first time. So that would have been the first time we went to Vegas was 2018. We went for a wedding. Um, yeah. And we were staying at the, where were we staying? We stayed at the Mirage. We had gone to, I want to say it's like the Link or something that has the whatever is fucking white frosted tips. Uh, Guy Fieri, him. We went to his... Any guy in the 90s? Like... (laughs) We went to his restaurant. Boy bands? Like... I feel like his restaurant is in the link, but I can't recall if it's in the link or the Flamingo. Was it good? Um, yeah, actually, it was pretty good. There was three of us, and we shared a a thing of nachos that was fucking enormous. And then we walked to Circus Circus, which it's a ways, because Circus Circus is down, like, I want to say it's past the stratosphere. Um, which is like <laughs> the end of the strip. Okay, before gotcha. I was thinking more vertical. The, no, and then we walked up and out of the atmosphere. <laughs> I'm in space. No, like Circus Circus is a it's a decent hike away from the main strip. Um, but I guess that when it was originally built, it was just a casino. Like it did not have a hotel component. Um, and it was built by, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Jay Andy Sarno. Sarnes. Okay. No. <laughs> um, Jay Sarno kind of conceptualized the whole thing. So it was built in 1968. Was he like a circus guy? Like, why did he... No. Um, this or is, is this the casino part? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is the same guy that also established... Caesar's Palace five years previous to Circus Circus. Okay. Um, so it's now known as being the like more family oriented thing, which, and when we were there last time, I don't know why, but in my head, I guess I had built it up as being this like fucking huge thing. And 
it, it guess it's it seemed smaller than I was expecting it to be. Because it's, pre, it's pretty big, but it's not like massive. Yeah, and maybe it's just because I had been on the strip where everything just is huge. And right. so in comparison to a lot of the stuff there, it felt... <laughs> I've seen bigger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that honestly, that could have been what it was. It, like, in comparison to the rest of the stuff around there, it felt smaller. Um, but it also felt kind of old. Like, it... <laughs> A little bit it old, does, a little yeah. bit run down. Yeah, it's like, uh, you've been here for a while. Uh-huh. But yeah, so it was built in 1968. And it was... Uh, it's, it's had a uh, sordid history of crime and mob activities. Uh, shortly after it was constructed, it started to just, like, hemorrhage money. Just in an incredible amount like, what do you mean, like losses? Yeah, just like the rate at which it was losing money was just insane. And it was part of this is because they had not built that hotel in conjunction with the casino. So a lot of the people. How does a casino lose money? I did not look into that. Because <laughs> I, I didn't. Because like, normally they're supposed to win their money. Like, do they just not have people going to the casinos to. But play? see, that's, that's the thing, because they hadn't built that hotel component uh, that a lot of the it, like uh, that's what draws a lot of the people that are there to spend big I money there and now i can uh-huh because some places i've heard you can gamble in your own room oh maybe i've yeah. I, none of the ones that i've stayed at the mirage and the link on the strip and then i stayed like at i Plaza don't go to Fremont casinos Street. and stuff i just i've heard that yeah. there is there are some that where like, you can literally gamble in your own rooms like and you're like and they give you vouchers and stuff and so you can gamble like 24 7 if you wanted to wow that's intense okay, just why don't you just do stock trading the whole <laughs> <At that> point <laughs> the whole time we were there i i want to say that like i most of the time, if I do a slot machine, it's probably a penny slot. I Like, it gives me anxiety to do even, like, a quarter slot. I'm just like, nope, that's too much. It's too much. The, the risk is too great. My gumball! But, like... I could have a gumball, or I could... A penny slot! It's like, okay. And, like, we'll that's go... That's a roll. That's a tootsie roll right well, there at the gas station. When we go, John will pull out, like, 40 bucks, and he's like, this is just for us to play around at the shot, slot machines. I fully expect us to loot it, lose it, and that's... Loot it. Yes. We're gonna loot the slot machine of all of its pennies. I am that in a thousand. We're gonna put it into a penny presser and <laughs> get our souvenir. Um, do you remember like at gas stations that they used to have like penny to- tootsie rolls? Yes, I do. I remember this. that was like an, like that was a thing. I used to be able to get a whole bunch of them. I'm, like, or like there's some like the fancy candy was like ten cents. <laughs> yeah. Like, was I part of the old days? Like yes, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> we have we have reached the point where that is now the olden days. Nickel, like. Uh-huh. When gas was like a dollar five. Freaking Mavericks ice creams. I could have like the biggest ice cream. Uh-huh. Do you remember what the size was? And you're was like, like, it was like 50, 50 cents. cents. Yeah. Yeah. Man, but what it happened? A dollar fifty would get you into the pool and a snack. What happened? Did we just become like so corporate that we like... <laughs> I don't like, personally feel like we are corporate. afraid that like... Have you ever thought about like if everything in like your reality is actually like real real? You know what I mean? Like, like, the whole Matrix idea and stuff like that. Oh. And it's like, part of me is like, if that's the case, like, if that is the case where, like, nothing in this reality is real and stuff, did did my choices in life lead me to be where I'm at? Like, did I, force <laughs> did I ruin reality? gas prices? Yeah, did I force this reality to happen because of what I thought and were believed and wanted to have? Like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do these things in X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to say it failures... probably wasn't you. No, it probably wasn't. <laughs> That, those are the like things I think about. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't sleep. This is why I can't sleep. But so he, since he that hotel part wasn't built, the people that want to go stay at a hotel and gamble were not going to Circus Circus. They were going to the other places where they could just go downstairs from their hotel room and gamble, and then go upstairs to bed mm-hmm. or not. So I sleep in the slot machine. He to to fix this to try to help you know kind of stem the flow of money that was just pouring out of Circus Circus, uh, Sarno got a loan, a $23 million loan. That's, that's a big loan. To build the hotel. Now, normally you'd think, well, so, if, you know, it's a loan. He probably went to, like, a reputable lender and, and got all, no, he went to the mafia. Good for him. <laughs> uh, he went to the mafia, got a loan, uh, it stipulated that Chicago mob enforcer Anthony Spilotro 
would be allowed to run a gift shop on the premises under an assumed name. So the mob was like, okay, we'll loan you this money, but we gotta open a gift shop. I feel like it was like to get a foothold in the area to do more gang related activities. I'm gonna, it's probably so that they had like a a location, a brick and mortar location to be able to do stuff and, you know, also make some money selling tchotchkes. Um, so yeah, Tootsie Pop. So he was like, okay, fine. Uh, eventually, he was, uh, Sarno was investigated for his ties to the mafia, which, guess what? There were those. Uh, also for tax fraud. Um, so tax fraud related with in, like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always, I've never surprised I hear a gangster You're just like, oh, like, oh, and tax evasion. Duh, right. Duh. Like, well, it's like, that's what they finally caught Al Capone for. That's right. And he was like stupid. He was like, like, like not that smart. If I remember the stories correctly, where yeah, like, it was, like how did they get away? From tax it? evasion, I think, is what it was. Yeah, and he was like the dead, like you know. He, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. But so, 1974, he's being investigated uh, for his ties to the mob and tax fraud, and so now he's just like scared uh, of the law and also of the mob. So he sells everything. Um, so then from that point, it gets expanded and renovated and comes to be more of what we know Circus Circus to be today, where it's actually the world's largest stationary circus. Huh. Um, I didn't realize it actually had a circus in it. It does. Um, it has a circus. They should probably do more advertising about their circus in there. Kind of like a, a theme park-esque thing. Uh, I want to say it's called the Adventure Dome. Mm. Um, I wasn't going to stay there very long because I was just being a chaperone. So I was trying to make sure kids weren't being stupid. Yeah. John and I walked through it because I was like, I've never been to Vegas. I want to see Circus Circus. I've heard people talking about this since I was wee. So we went, walked through, and they they didn't have any of the shows. Like, we were there in between shows um, because they had a... I want to say it was looked like they had it was set up for some sort of a high wire act that was going to be happening next, um, but we didn't stay to watch it. Uh, but it has been mentioned in the James Bond film Diamonds Are Forever, uh, as well as the Hunter S. Thompson book Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I literally was talking about James Bond movie Diamonds Are Forever really? last last Monday. Yeah, because I was talking about like having like a little movie marathon. And by a little, I mean, like, a big movie marathon of, like, watching all the James Bond I would say that is quite a big marathon there. (laughs) You know, because they're from, like, the 60s up until, like, recent. Now, of course, any older building that has ties to the mob... Has asbestos. uh, Well, probably. (laughs) Uh, I mean, hopefully not anymore. You know, it's got the the mob ties, the criminal past, um, the history of, you know, people probably losing lots of money... Uh, <laughs> my finances haunt you big energy going on uh, there big oil so naturally it's very haunted yes so they don't know how many people have air quotes accidentally fallen out of the windows or you know been chucked out by the mob um, it was a ghost I swear the, the article said otherwise silenced by the mob <laughs> be quiet throw you out the window I'll pay this ghost this money if you can kill <laughs> that guy Um, but there's definitely been people that have died there, uh, violently. Uh, so it's, it's violent, it's violent history kind of contributes to the ghosts there. Uh, it's, there's a, one of the, I, (laughs) it's, uh, with the, I'm trying to say five sentences at once and instead I'm saying none. Uh, so there's one of the, one of the rumors is that in room 123, there was a woman who shot her child and then herself. Jeez! Uh, there were three people who were allegedly killed in the hotel's kitchen one night. And there... Who even knows how many more people? Um, so there's several pieces... Pieces? Places in Circus Circus that seem to attract a lot of the ghostly attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, the poker rooms, guests say that they have heard disembodied voices crying for help. Uh, sometimes they're no louder than a whisper. Sometimes it's just like shrieking at the top of top of your lungs, and then sometimes it will alternate between the two. <laughs> ah, ooh, yeah. I don't. I don't know why my default like quiet noise is ooh. 
It's 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 a pigeon. Welcome to my ASMR. These are the ghosts of pigeons. Um, these same types of cries for help can be heard in rooms 203, 230, and 576, um, where they also report that the words "help me" will show up on the the bathroom mirror. Okay. Well. Red rum. Uh, yeah. Uh, room 123, which is where they allegedly say that a mother shot her child and then herself. Um, they say that you can hear cries for help, that there are that they are especially loud in that room, and that there is moving furniture, mysterious voices, footsteps, and the, the apparition of a little boy. Uh, another rumor that is almost certainly false is that... They are searching, so the the ghost of the mother and the child are searching for the father, who is a dark-haired man named Robert. So if a dark-haired man named Robert were to stay in that room, he would be killed and hung from the ceiling. Uh, Okay. I get the feeling that's probably very false. That's very specific. Yes. I feel like most hunts aren't like very specific to that point where it's like, Yeah, but be fucking called Robert. My name is Bob. I'll get you. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. So moving further down the strip, uh, we're gonna head to the <laughs> Just what? the Bobbert the Great. <laughs> Bobbert the oh God. <laughs> well we're gonna head down the strip to the intersection of I believe it's Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana. Uh, yes, that is correct. And we're going to talk about the Excalibur, uh, which is actually pretty cool. We went there, uh, when we were there last year, we went to the Excalibur and saw the Tournament of of Kings show. It's pretty neat. So it's an Arthurian-themed... No. ...casino. Yes, indeed. What? Um, they've got the, the whole castle thing going for them. Um, and it's actually, so the, the intersection of Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard is said to have the most hotel rooms of any intersection in the world. Because if I remember correctly, there is the Excalibur and then Circus Circus and the, I think it's Bally's or Bally's, uh, used to be the MGM Grand. and uh, it's Bully's. <laughs> One other one. So there's four casinos, because there's one on each corner as intersection. Right. So they say that there's the most hotel rooms of any intersection in the world. Um, The casino itself is quite large, and it has two permanent shows. Uh, I do not remember if this was happening when I was there, so I don't know if it's still a permanent show, but I guess Thunder from Down Under is there. We didn't go see that one. We saw Tournament Kings. Honk could think it was flatulence at that point. Like, you know, that's very, very different than the kind of show that is. <laughs> I'm just like, what are we doing? Is this a childish <laughs> show? Like, no, or, it's, I, it's, I have some like, Crocodile Dundee in my head now for some reason. It's Chippendales, basically. Is it really? Yeah. Like, you're not familiar with Thunder from Down Under, really? No, I'm really not. Oh. <laughs> Which makes my first comment that much more. It's worse. basically like Australian Chippendales. Oh. From Down Under. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I got it now. I'm with you. The Tournament of Kings show is pretty cool, though. Uh, That has, like, 32 cast members, 12 different breeds of horses, and it's in a, like, an amphitheater that sits almost a thousand people. That's pretty neat. Um, I think it's, what is it? It's the, as of 2009, um, so I'm sure this has changed. It was the fifth largest hotel in Vegas and the seventh largest in the world. That has almost most, that has most certainly changed because they are building an enormous casino hotel in Vegas that I, I don't remember what it was called but it's something to do with like the world it had a lot of different the I, I you know what I'm gonna give up on this the world I don't know how to explain oh, yeah. what I'm trying to say welcome to the world <laughs> um so for Excalibur they say that the tenth floor is haunted. Uh, most commonly, people record record report uh, the sense of being followed, but then no one is there. Um, sudden, like cold spots, uh, voices that whisper directly into people's ears. Um, hey 
phones ringing in the middle of the night only to have no one on the line, alarm clocks going off for no reason, uh, static emanating from televisions that are off, uh, furniture moving around. Uh, it's This particular casino doesn't actually have like a whole lot of like criminal history or mob tie-ins or anything. Uh, it's, it doesn't have a violent history like Circus Circus or some of the other ones. Uh, now, moving across the street to the Tropicana, that one, uh, it's, it's like a Cuban theme, uh-huh. Tropicana. Uh, it has a supposedly cursed uh, lar- or haunted, uh, a very, very large tiki mask that uh, it's like over an entryway, I think, uh, like to the hotel. And mm-hmm. it's supposed to have, I don't, it just said imbued with a mysterious force. So it doesn't necessarily say if it's good or bad. Uh, but as anyone who takes a picture of the mask will have like a weird purple haze kind of or fog or something in their photo. Uh, also, anyone who touches it will get a purple rash where they touched it. Mm. Uh, I did not look to see if I could find any pictures of that. <laughs> that's, that's another very specific one. Uh, so then moving across the street... There's uh, Bali's, which was formerly the MGM Grand. Okay. And it uh, actually was the location of one of the worst fires, like worst high-rise fires in the history of the United States. And this happened November 21st of 1980. Um, This was back when it was still known as the MGM Grand. Uh, a fire broke out in the casino, or in the a casino restaurant, I should say, uh, at 7 a.m., and it spread through the casino and the hotel. And at this at this time, it was, like, packed. There was 5,000 people inside. Uh, wow. 700 people were injured. 87 people died. Um, wow, that's a big chunk of people. Uh-huh. Uh, they did manage to rebuild the MGM in eight months, though. And then they sold it to the Bali Corporation. That's good. Uh, so they say that there are shadowy shapes and apparitions that uh, sh- show up in the stairwells, um, which the stairwells are where most of the people died during the fire because they were trying to get out. And most of the people that died did die from smoke inhalation. Uh, restrooms. So sad. The toilets will flush by themselves. Uh, the lights will turn on and off. The faucets will turn on and off. Uh, cleaning ladies report that beds sometimes have their sheets and blankets crumpled up or even ripped off right after the rooms have been cleaned and like the beds have just been made and now someone is fucking tearing them out. Um, and no one's there. Uh, occasionally there are sightings of mysterious shadows lying on beds. Um, and that could be, you know, restless spirits that died in their sleep during a fire because it was 7am. People were on vacation. They just wanted to sleep in. Yeah, no, that's my biggest fear because I slept through fire alarms. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and Jules is also kind of a heavy sleeper as well. Because <laughs> so I'm just like, well, my God, <laughs> we're gonna burn to death. It's fine. No smoke, smoke inhalation. inhalation. <laughs> you were correct. <laughs> the fire is like, no, we're not gonna fuck with them. So I'm just like, <laughs> it's fine. We'll suffocate them from outside. <laughs> Got him good. Uh, one of the most persistent uh, stories according to casino employees, is that there's a group of 12 ghosts that wander the premises walking around together. Um, They'll even take seats together in the gaming area. Uh, One 21 dealer reported that he saw a table full of players staring strangely at him on a crowded night, and when he looked, he looked away, looked up again, and the whole group of people was gone. Um, Phantom gamblers can be seen in the casino staring just, like, blankly. Mm -hmm. Um... And the slot machines on the premises also go haywire from time to time for no real reason that anyone can figure out. Um, however, none of these seem to report an end of report. Res- you can do it. I'm getting rid of that sentence. <laughs> uh, another uh, hotel in that same area is the Luxor, and that's the one that's shaped like a pyramid because yep. it is Egypt-themed. Uh, it's pretty cool. We saw, we went to the exhibits that they had there. They had the Titanic exhibit, which is fucking awesome, and also Bodies, which was also quite cool. 
But if you get a chance, go to the Titanic exhibit because it was really, really cool. Uh, it is a 30-story hotel. 30 stories, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, as I think as of 2009, it was the fourth largest in Vegas. Uh, it does have a bit of a darker past regarding tragic deaths. Uh, three construction workers lost their lives during construction of the resort, and there have been two guests that have committed suicide by leaping from the elevator walkways onto the casino floor. On May 7th, 2007, uh, there was a homemade bomb that exploded in a vehicle in the parking garage that killed one person. Um, but that didn't, like... So a bomb went off uh-huh. in the garage, and they didn't evacuate? That's fine. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, no, this, it's, you know, it's cool. Um, also, they say that since it is pyramid-shaped, I don't know why I'm gesturing. Pyramid. I assume you know what a pyramid looks like. I do. Nobody listening can see it, so. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I've lost the whole train of uh, that sentence, you, so. You said, um, you said also because it's pyramid-shaped. Yes, but I don't know why I was pointing out that it was pyramid-shaped. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't sure what to do with the haunt. I don't know if it had like, to do with anything. You know, they're getting haunted by a mummy? Like, I don't know. But they say that it's haunted by at least five ghosts. Uh, one of the most active ones is a woman that wanders the halls around the 12th and 14th floors. Um, she will breathe down guests' necks and also push them. That's rude. Why? Um, they say that the guests of the ghosts of the dead construction workers can be seen in quiet areas of the hotel. And some people claim that the, oh, this is what it was, that the building's pyramid shape um, draws, like, strange energy to it. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Because of aliens. <laughs> triangles draw energy. I don't know what the, what they're going for there. Triangle. It's a cool hotel to visit, though, just because the architecture and styling of it is really neat. Um, going further down the strip, in the direction of the Mirage, is the Flamingo, which this is another one that I believe had quite a bit of mob action going on there, mm. um, because, I tell me who built it, um, I just know that, uh, Bugsy Siegel had a big hand in dealings with the flamingo. Who's Bugsy? He was a famous mobster. Okay. Uh, so, 1945, uh, Bugsy and some other of his associates, they made their way to Vegas, and in 1946, with some, you know, funding from the mafia, they were like, let's build a casino. So they built the Flamingo Hotel and Casino, hmm. which, as you could probably guess from, from, from its name, it does have a large... Uh, flamboyance of flamingos yes. that are like in the courtyard like the center courtyard they have quite a nice little reserve that's not the right word but it's and it's not a zoo either they also had some like black swans and some huh. interesting fishies and other waterfowl yeah. but they had quite a few flamingos um, so when they built it they were billing it as the world's greatest or the West's greatest resort hotel. Um, Bugsy, however, was very paranoid because mob. Yes. So he built his own suite at the casino with 18-inch thick walls, bulletproof windows, and a secret exit that led to the garage where he had a driver waiting 24-7 in case he needed to make a quick escape. (laughs) Uh, However, none of these were helpful at all. So within a year, the Flamingo was not making a profit. And it was just continuing to drain money from the mob investors, who are not people that like that. The mob investors. (laughs) Right? Um, The board of untrustees. This caught the interest of Meyer Lansky, who is known as the mob's accountant. And he became convinced that Bugsy was skimming money off the top of the resort's um, building budget. Uh-huh. So then things got a little bit more suspicious because even though the hotel was doing so poorly, 
Bugsy was living the life and, uh, you know, all the, the nice comforts and lavish living. Um, so the mob was not pleased about this. So they decided that Bugsy gots to go. Uh, they put a hit out on him. Um, but they, well, they wanted to put a hit out on him. They were persuaded to wait and see how it went. Um, because I guess this was, like, prior to the grand opening. So they were like, well, we'll wait for the grand opening um, where all the stars come. Right. We'll see how it goes. Well, that comes, and that goes, and it's not good. So they're like, okay, yeah, Bugsy can go now. So then June 20th, 1947, he is shot to death at his Beverly Hills home. So even though he had made all of these, you know, arrangements for his... Uh-huh. Sweet at the Flamingo to be super safe. He was shot in Beverly Hills while he was reading a newspaper. Bummer. So even though he was killed in Beverly Hills, they report that you can see Bugsy spending his afterlife hanging around the Flamingo. Mm. Um, there have been hundreds of sightings of the ghost of Bugsy Seagull at the Flamingo over the years. Um, ranging from people, like just guests, cleaning ladies, waitresses, security guards... Just a whole array of people have been like, yeah, we saw this guy. Mm. Looks a whole lot like Bugsy. Uh, His suite, uh, it was the presidential suite, I believe has turned into the wedding chapel. Or no, the presidential suite and the wedding chapel were built over where his suite was. Um, They also say that you can see him hanging around in the Rose Garden um, or the hotel pool. Uh, sometimes you'll see him hanging around playing slots. I thought I had more about Bugsy, but I don't. That's okay. But yeah, those are that's that's a little bit of some haunted haunted uh, casinos. Huh. Interesting. It's a shame that he got shot when in a place where he didn't have all his protection up. I mean, he was also a mobster, so I feel like that's just right, kind of a... like, for someone who took all those precautions... Well, he just... he probably wouldn't have needed to take all those precautions. Why do you have a book? I mean... If he wasn't hanging out with the mob, maybe he wouldn't have had issues with the mob. Yeah, I hear not messing with the mob normally keeps you alive longer. Generally speaking, when we were there, we went to the mob museum, which was really, really cool. I highly recommend going there if you're ever in the area. It's off of Fremont Street. But it goes through a lot of the, the, I mean, mob history in general, but especially the mob history in Vegas, which is a substantial amount. Mm. And that's what I was talking about. Nice. That was fun. Definitely uh, wasn't expecting casinos to be haunted, but it kind of makes sense. I, I feel like anything is haunted now. I left my dice over there. I need those. Perfect. I think especially casinos, which are places that have such... There's so many people coming through, and there's so much energy right. in those areas. It It's not surprising that something would attach itself there. It's not a bad place to be. Yeah. Know. Well, shall we... Shall we roll for next episode? Yes, let's do it. So what do you got? I want to say I got these ones on Dark Elf Dice. I want to say that the, the maker is just like HD Dice or something. I think they called these Mermaid Glass. Mm. They're like a nice... You've rolled those before then. I think so. I remember you mentioning Mermaid Glass at one point. They're like a, a nice kind of a layered ombre between like from a purple to a blue to a green... Yeah. They're pretty. I don't know why I pulled out the 20. I don't need that one. Okay. What do we got? What do we got? History education. Oh, okay. Nice. And then I'm going to go ahead and roll, uh, you know, the my normal dice here. <laughs> my normal butt. <laughs> my, my normal butt. I'm rolling my butt right now. <laughs> and uh, true crime. Nice. All right. So true crime and... History and I was like, whatever I just rolled. History yeah. education. Perfect. Uh, also, we have some news. We are going to be changing our release schedule from every week to every other week. Yeah. So that we can have a little bit more time to really dig into our topics and 
edit a little bit more and just give yeah. you guys some better better content. Yeah. So And also like be able to have a life and sleep and stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, so we're not going anywhere, but I just think that it's going to be a bit nicer this way for mm-hmm. everyone, be it both you guys listening here and for us too. And us doing these things. Yes. <laughs> so come back in a fortnight. Yes. And find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye. Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt.